everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Dentistry Unmasked. I'm Dr. Pam Maragliano Muniz, and with me, as always, one of my faves, Dr. David Rice. Hey, Dr. Pam, what's shaking in Massachusetts? You know, um, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's uh, almost the weekend, so it's a it's a good day. So I'm really excited about this topic because I think it's something. There's so many like questions, and there's so much. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things that are vague about it. And I'm excited to have our guest today, Dr. Taylor Sutton. Taylor, welcome. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're going to talk today about like ownership of a DSO. Like, what does that even mean? And so Taylor, tell us a little bit about your story and, you know, let's just get right into it. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in private practice dentistry. My father was a general dentist, as was my uncle. They worked together and, and shared a practice and a clinic and a staff. And my grandfather before them was an orthodontist. So I, I grew up in that small family style private practice environment. And that was all I ever knew, you know, shadowing and assisting my father and, and his staff and uh, really getting to know the patients and that business model. And that was really everything that I kind of envisioned my career to to involve. Um, after graduating dental school and a, a brief stint in residency, I decided to join Aspen Dental uh, DSO as a stepping stone between you know dental school and getting ready for uh, the private practice world that I thought awaited me. And after a, a short stint with with Aspen Dental, I really started to love and enjoy the the company, the business model, the the environment and and team, and I, I felt that this was where I belonged and what I wanted to take my career. I like that. So, business model was something that attracted you to it. Um, what's how does the business model shift from being um, an an associate with Aspen Dental to being an owner? Sure. So when you when you come in as a as a doctor for Aspen Dental, um, usually you're pretty new out of school. Not always, but typically people are starting their careers with Aspen, and you're starting off as an associate. And you know you're typically placed alongside a more experienced doctor in in your office, and that doctor's title is the MCD, which is Managing Clinical Director. So you usually have that mentor associate role, ideally right out of the gate. So you have somebody to work alongside to help, you know, train and develop your skills, your competence, your speed. Obviously, you don't have three hours per patient like you do in dental school. So it's it's somebody to to really latch on to and to pick up, you know, what what you whatever you can get. And just to start developing at your own pace and at your own comfort level. And the managing clinical director usually. Uh, kind of runs the show of, of their particular office, and they typically report to their practice owner. Now, practice owners usually own multiple offices, and they'll have one managing clinical director who kind of runs each office. So you have that hierarchy of, of doctors. The practice owners usually, you know, split their time between their offices, you know, kind of overseeing and further coaching and developing their doctors, their employees, um, and really setting the whole, you know, the the team team uh, structure. Now you moved pretty quickly, so I mean, you pretty much graduated and within a couple of years became an owner. And so, I guess my question is: Growing up in private practice, what was it that attracted you to a DSO? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so growing up in, in private practice, uh, I learned a lot of tremendous skills, both clinically and, you know, as far as communication with my patients, you know, finding ways to connect and make them feel comfortable, getting past those fears of coming to the dentist, uh, getting the patients to really understand the treatment recommendations and the, their health needs. I learned a lot of great skills in that environment, and I figured and, and kind of wondered, can I apply that to a bigger scale and take those skills and, and see more patients, you know, operate out of more operatories and possibly more offices, you know, over over time and take the same like team environment and, and family family like staff and same thing, apply that to a bigger scale. And one of the real beauties of, of the DSO model that attracted me was when you're in a private practice and, and you own or run that practice, you have a lot of responsibilities outside of dentistry, figuring out your, you know, your staff, your payroll, your schedule, insurances, a lot of things that can frankly give you some headaches or stuff that kind of takes you away from the, the fun part of, of becoming a dentist. So when I saw in the in the DSO business model that a lot of those aspects of the field I didn't really have to worry about because I'm partnered with a team of really strong and educated uh, you know corporate teammates that can focus on that part of the business that frees me up from that side of things so I can really focus on the stuff that I love which is you know developing and growing my craft with all aspects of dentistry whether it be implants and surgery and and dentures we do you know we're on the cutting edge of technology with with dentures and 3d printing and you know it, it just gives me more time to focus on the fun stuff you know really helping and treating those patients and delivering care all while i have a team of of like i said a, a great hierarchy of of folks who can help take care of the the not as exciting stuff and then just allow me to really do my thing and treat as many patients as possible. So with that structure and having that team, is your ownership then a percentage? Like what percent owner of you are, are you of your practice or practices? I'm, I'm guessing it varies depending if you have one location, two locations, mm -hmm. but what's that look like? So I am the full hundred percent owner of this practice. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the model of, of like a franchise. So I own this practice. Um, where we obviously see a lot of patients, we do all kinds of treatments. Um, and part of the way it gets broken down, long story short, is I basically, you know, of, of the revenue that we generate, uh, a portion of that does go towards the, you know, the business side, which is basically like paying for the, those corporate teammates that I, I was just referring to who, who help develop and drive my business. So it, it's a partnership. It's a symbiotic relationship that they're, you know, helping running the business side of things. I'm focused more on the clinical side of things, but I'm the full-fledged owner of the practice. Um, all decisions basically, uh, you know, come to me. And um, one of the nice things also about th that relationship, you know, the, the two-way relationship is that I can be as involved or uninvolved with business matters as I want to be. I've seen some business owners, some, some practice owners that 
they don't want to get involved with interviewing staff or, you know, other kind of business related matters like that. Interviewing employees is, is one of the, the common ones. I personally, just because of my personality, I want to be involved with every interview taking place for my practice and my business, just because that's that's how I am. I, I really have that kind of team mantra that I, I really want to get to know my my potential staff and and I, I choose to be involved, but I have that option. And that's one of the really nice things um, about the way we we kind of break it down and how I'm able to to be as hands-on or take more of a backseat based on, you know, the ability to, to split it up like that. Do you have full autonomy when it comes to the patient experience or material selection or, you know, how you present cases? Like, how does that work? Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent autonomy. Um, there's nobody telling me, you know, you need to you know steer in this direction or, or try this or try that. Um, we will certainly get lots of recommendations and suggestions. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, our company strives to be on the cutting edge of technology, whether it be, you know, 3D imaging or digital printing or implant dentistry, root canals, all that, um, all that fun stuff. So we'll certainly be given all the resources and tools to make our own decisions. We certainly have the option to um, to use whatever materials or supplies or, or resources. Um, by no means do we have any demands or requirements set in terms of, oh, you need to do X amount of this or X amount of that. If I desire, I can refer out all the surgery and root canals if I don't want to do those, but I happen to enjoy all of those things, so we keep it in-house. But that's different from, from owner to owner, and it's it's personal preference. Obviously, it benefits the business and the practice to try to keep everything at home. Um, but again, it's it's the same as in private practice. If you know that owner doctor feels comfortable and capable of doing something, um, all the better. And then if they choose to to not get involved, then then they have every choice to do that. And then the same, like I said, with uh, you know the, the materials and supplies and technologies. I personally love digital technology. If you haven't gotten that that uh, that feeling yet. So I've all always said, yes, yes, bring it on in. I, I uh, 3D printing, surgical guides, night guards, trio scans, all the all the fun toys. So um, I'm certainly open to everything. Very cool. So so that's not true of all DSOs though, right? Ownership is different, just like practice to practice ownership is different from DSO. Um, I'm going to just call it model. Cause we, you know, we were talking before we came on, like, it's just this giant, um, those three letters are a giant umbrella. There's elite, there's regional, right. there's, you know, I could own two locations. And if I felt like calling myself a DSO, I could. So mm -hmm. um, do you, do you have knowledge of how other DSOs do ownership? I know that's the models vary. Sure. Uh, I don't have much familiarity with other DSOs to be completely honest. Um, all I can say is that what I kind of just expressed about the autonomy and the freedom sure. that I have here at Aspen Dental is what affirmed that I wanted to be here. Because um, when you grow up in private practice, you go to dental school with a lot of old school doctors who have certain stereotypes in their minds or stigmas about corporate dentistry, you know, that's that's something that, you know, kind of might scare you away, uh, you know, initially. And I was completely, 
you know, I, I had my mind completely changed once I, I dipped my toe in the water and I, I saw that that wasn't true. I, I do have the full autonomy to make my own decisions. Um, no one's going to tell me what to do. I need to work this many hours, this, you know, uh, do this many surgeries, this many, you know, dentures or crowns. Now, granted, the more you produce, obviously, the better for the business. And, you know, you have to have a, a, a business savvy mindset. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to grind their doctors to the bone past, you know, the, the boiling points because burnout is certainly a real thing in, in this field, especially for new young doctors. And, you know, as long as you put yourself in a healthy environment, you know, that's that's not something you'll experience here. That's a concern. And that's a stereotype, I guess, um, for, for some DSOs, especially for a, gra a new grad, young dentist, that they're going to go into this environment. And they always say it's kind of a good first job, you know, because there are these requirements for production. And that's not the case. That's not what you experienced. No, absolutely not. Um, now, now, granted, you know, for instance, we do like to open up the office one Saturday a month. And, you know, nobody particularly loves working on Saturdays. Um, but I've always had the autonomy, you know, when I when I worked alongside an associate doctor, we kind of made it, you know, we, we catered it to our own preferences and styles to make it work for everybody. Because at the end of the day, the reason that we open those those Saturday schedules is to try to make more access available for patients. That, you know, is ultimately the goal is to help as many people as possible. So understanding that, you know, we certainly try to encourage our fellow doctors to, you know, see it that way that we are here to try to help people. And but we are people ourselves too. You know, work-life balance is extremely important for all of us. It's a it's a stressful field, stressful career. And um, there's a, just a balance, you know. So finding that that happy balance of of working hard, but you know, also being at, at peace with yourself and enjoying what you do. Because if you don't enjoy it, if you, if you burn yourself out, it's not going to uh, not going to work out well for you in the long run. How do you, you know, talk about like brand, you know, mm -hmm. and I look at brand, um, scale can break things, right? It's, it's, it's easier for me in like my corner of the world to control my brand. Mm -hmm. But when, when you as an owner dentist fall underneath a, a larger brand, how do you, like, how do you overcome some of the things that you hear, you read, or you see, do, do, do you ever face challenges as a young owner where maybe somebody else in another practice, not really connected to you, but who shares that brand, um, mm -hmm. you know, how does that work for you? So this is a, a cool question that I've never really been asked before, but when I was just starting my journey as an owner just a couple months ago, uh, we we had these get-togethers at our headquarters in Chicago along the way of our of our careers. So yep. the early stage associates go out there, then when you progress, you go out again, and, and so on and so forth. And as owners, we were out there at you know my early early days as an owner, and one of the topics was building our brand. And that was not something I had ever thought about growing up in, in a small private practice was having a brand and an identity as a as a practice owner and a business owner. And, you know, we, we certainly had training on that, you know, rep, how to represent ourselves, how to really just build that image. 
And I really enjoyed learning about that and, and, and starting my journey of, of building my own brand. Um, I think the way that the brand, you know, is, is unique to me and unique to any other doctor is, is how they carry themselves, obviously, how they, you know, communicate with their employees, how their employees feel about them and how, most importantly, how their patients feel about them. Um, actually, just earlier, my last patient I saw before this call um, told me she read great reviews about me online. And I joke that I hadn't seen them, but that's great. And uh, I really appreciate the feedback. And, you know, it's, it's the word of mouth that really sets the tone. And that's in private practice, DSO dentistry, and anywhere you go. My father used to always say that word of mouth was the best advertisement and it was free. So taking that mindset into the, the model that I'm in now, I certainly strive to set a tone in the office of commitment, compassion, uh, teamwork, and working working together to to achieve a goal and having a good time while doing it. Um, we've always got great music on in the office. You know, we try to have uh, we got a lot of personalities in the office. My whole staff too. So patients really feel at ease and comfortable coming in and getting past those hurdles, those obstacles that that got you know that they were uh, afraid of all along. That to me is the brand that that I'm trying to develop um, within within the company. You know, I've I've been really involved, like I mentioned, with a lot of our projects in terms of clear liners, digital technology, social media. Um, so I've been very involved with a lot of our technology and and promoting our our company and all the great things that we offer. That all combined has kind of been the early early stages of my my brand that I've been been promoting and and it's important to to nurture that brand because it, it can take a, a while to build it up to where you want it to be but it it can be knocked down pretty easily from from what I I've seen most definitely yes yeah. so I also want to talk about kind of what's going on with Aspen in general. Um, you know, they've been sort of going through it a little bit right now on social media. There's all the things that are kind of throwing around about Aspen, but you know, um, you're living it every day. So can you kind of address what we're hearing and like what's real and what's not? Yeah. So there, there are certain things that I'm obviously at liberty and maybe not at liberty to, to touch on uh, things that may be above my pay grade. But we're pretty much completely back to, to full function and operations. So just like all the, the big, great companies, um, we, we did have an instance where we had some, some cyber breach involvement. We stopped it dead in its tracks quite early, um, which is one of the nice things about having a big, strong company. We have a tremendous IT department uh, that really uh, jumped into gear uh, early on and, and kept things safe because that was obviously the most important thing. And just like other instances, COVID being the, the easiest, most obvious one, you know, sometimes a, a business, whether large or small, encounters challenges that require taking a step back to just regroup and, and make sure everything is, is running smoothly and, and accordingly. And uh, we, we certainly regrouped quite quickly and, and got our, our business back in action. And it was very minimal interruption. We're back running fully 100% and seeing patients. And thankfully, the patients were understanding and, and patient and allowed us to do our best to take care of them. And that's that's what we strive to do day in and day out. I love it. I have just one more question for you, because we talked about ownership kind of on the way in, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really important for all of our, our you know young dentists who are tuning in here. But, you know, Taylor, you strike me as a guy who begins with the end of the mind. You've got a good head on your shoulders. So what about on the way 
out. You know, you're an owner within a, um, a larger ecosystem. So I guess from your point of view, is that a more difficult transition to sell? And if it isn't, if it's sort of the same as if I sell as a solo guy who, you know, doesn't represent any, anyone other than himself, um, do you ever worry that somebody isn't vetted enough to buy into this brand, this reputation that you you've worked so hard at and in all of your locations are working hard to maintain. So I haven't quite gotten to that, that thought process yet. I'm not thinking about uh, retiring or anything anytime soon, but one of the really nice things about this ownership model compared to my father's private practice, just for example, when I get to the point of, you know, age and, and career wise, where I'm thinking about slowing down or maybe taking a back seat in private practice, if you stop practicing hands-on, you're not generating revenue. You're not driving your business anymore. Um, and it's pretty much time to, to hang it up if you're in a, you know, a one doctor kind of office. If you're in this model where you've got multiple doctors who are working with you, you know, to, to run your offices, you have the ability to take a bit of a backseat and become more of a business manager more of a mini CEO, so to speak, to run those businesses more from a operations point of view. And you could take a bit of a backseat clinically once you've gotten your, you know, your associate and director doctors, you know, capable to hold things down. And that was one of the things that really appealed to me too, was, you know, when when I get a little bit older, I might want to, you know, not work five, six days a week. I might want to just work a couple of days a week and, you know, focus on doing implants or certain surgeries or, or certain things and allow my, my associate doctors to, you know, to thrive and, 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 you know, see, see the rest that, you know, vision kind of came together for me that, you know, there will come a time where I'll, I'll want to take a bit of a backseat in that sense and, you know, allow me to kind of oversee and, and train other doctors, something I didn't think I'd be doing this early in my career four years removed from dental school is training other doctors. If you told me four years ago, I was going to be training multiple other doctors, I would have said, I'm brand new in this career. I don't know who am I to be training others. But because I've seen and accomplished so much in such a, you know, short condensed, or I should say dense, you know, four years, I've, I've accomplished and seen so many things. I've, I've acquired so much wisdom and, and experience that I'm already able to pass on so much to the doctors working with me. And all of a sudden, I've noticed I really do enjoy that aspect of this, of this practice model that I'm already training newer, younger doctors to, you know, to absorb what I've already learned to try to spread the, spread the knowledge, spread the wealth and help start really building this network of doctors you know, to, to come together and, and run their own offices and, 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 you know, encourage them to take that next step potentially, because that's, you know, I was in that position not that long ago. I was, you know, I worked my way up the totem pole and then it, you know, the opportunity presented itself for, for me to move on and move up and it benefits me and it benefits them if they have that passion to move up. And that's kind of the, the beauty of it. You know, some people aspire to, to be the owner or possibly partner. There are partnership opportunities and some people are pretty comfortable being that, that associate. So long story short, um, I can, you know, envision, you know, someday taking more of a backseat as a clinician 
but my I don't see my passion for for this field running dry anytime soon. I, I can go about it in, in different ways, more as as yeah. running a business, which is the 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 joy you know that that comes from it at the end of the day. Amazing. So we're running kind of short on time, but I have to ask, what does your dad think? <laughs> well, he's uh retired now and, and sitting on his boat. So I think he's doing okay. Um, but in all seriousness, he um it it, it was definitely a, a shock for, for all of us, myself included, um early on. You know, his his patients, a lot of them knew me since the day I was born and expected me to come home and and be their dentist. And and unfortunately that that didn't happen. Um and it, it was a bit of a, a culture shock, definitely. But after showing him everything I've been doing, all of the leaps and bounds I've been taking in my young career with technology, skills, um, surgeries, my involvement with the company and, and with their social media, it's way bigger and grander than anything we ever dreamed of. And he's extremely proud of what I'm accomplishing now. Um, he, he definitely encourages me and he thinks this is you know, a great situation for me. And, you know, it's, it's been great for me and my, and my family. And he's, you know, he's certainly happy and uh, proud. This has been great. Taylor, thank you so much. You know, if you're out there, we hear lots of things. We see lots of things. I think there are multiple pathways to practice and success and happiness in life. And, you know, keys figuring out who you want to be and where your best fit is and what makes the most sense and why. Pam, as always, great to see you. So great to see you. Taylor, thank you so much. And as we kind of um, head out of this, can you tell us where we can follow you on social? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've got all the all the different uh, social media accounts. I've got Instagram, which is probably my most uh, most used account. You can find me at TJ Sutts, T-J-S-U-T-T-S. That's the Instagram. And then on TikTok also, it's the same thing with 24 at the end, TJ Sutts 24. Uh, you can find me. I'm often posting uh, either either cool dentistry stuff or pictures of my dogs. So all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff to follow. <laughs> I love that. All right, everybody, follow Taylor and for Dentistry Unmasked, we will see you next week. Peace. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening to the show this week. And thanks to our guests and sponsors on this episode. Please check out our social media at Dr. Pamela underscore Maragliano and at Dental Economics Official. Or you can check me out at Ignite DDS or at Dr. David Rice. And go to dentaleconomics.com to receive dental economics. You can choose to receive DE in print or digitally, and you can also get the details of our Principles of Practice Management Conference on our website. If you have topics or guests or anything you'd like to talk about on the show, send us an email to dentistryunmaskedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to make it happen. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.